You'd be surprised at the things men don't know. I mean, you'd think after ten years my husband would know to leave the toilet seat down. I wish mine remember to put it up. <laughs> I've been there, too. Does yours ever leave his dirty, smelly clothes lying around? He puts them right on top of the hamper. Mine, too. He'd never think to open the lid and just put the clothes inside. No, no, right. A toilet seat they can raise, but a hamper lid, forget it. <laughs> Must be biological. <laughs> Welcome to Piloting Air, the podcast about unaired, unloved, and unhinged pilots. I'm Joe Young, and with me, as always, is Stuart. How you doing, Stuart? Hello, nurse. Is that for me? Yeah. And we have two very special guests with us today. The first is the author of the book Excrement Mountain from Ghoulish Books. It's Andrew Hilbert. How you doing, Andrew? Hello, nurse. Is that one for me, too? Yes. And also joining us today prolific author and publisher of ghoulish books it's max booth what's up max hi nils <laughs> <laughs> that one's for me too right you're the only registered yeah. nurse here so if someone began choking on this podcast you could save us right absolutely i am uh, licensed in first aid would you just stick your hand down the throat until you get to the elbow yeah, yeah absolutely you try to get all the way down there and if that doesn't work uh you put them down on the ground and stomp up and down on their tummy just chilled stomp them <laughs> If that doesn't work, you just put them down. <laughs> just put them down. Speaking about shoving your entire forearm down someone's throat, tonight we are talking about the 1986 terrible, terrible pilot, She's With Me. It's bad. It's boring. It's very bad. I have our, our podcast spreadsheet up in front of us i have 120 pilots why did you guys want to watch this one hold, hold, hold on you you, you wanted, wanted them to watch this yes. i wanted you to watch it yeah i suggest this one? you fucking piece Which of one shit did you want to watch Microcops. why didn't we watch microcop i said to you they wanted to do microcop i said that's great you said we we could also do she's with oh, me let's do fuck. she's with it's me my fault then god damn that's it. right this is my fault I'm sorry, guys. We should have watched Microcops. We could have watched a show about small policemen. <laughs> All right, we'll have to we'll have to do another episode where we we do that. It's my fault. Yeah, we're saving Microcops for you too. My com terrible communication. Well, in the meantime, I've got some good news, guys. Stuart <laughs> lives in Austin. You can go get him. Oh, we can. Oh, sweet. <laughs> can you say the address? Clearly? Absolutely. It's one two three Stew Street. Oh, great. Wow. <laughs> I know the place. <laughs> it's a notorious neighborhood. Okay, okay. Well, before we talk about this pilot, there was another She's With Me pilot that we didn't watch that was better than this one, if you can believe it. And this one was from 1982. Did you guys see this one on IMDb? No, but I saw this slide and I was I, I was kind of wondering the context. Was this was this an actual first attempt or is it a, just the same name? Nothing else is the same. There's nothing else is the same. Okay. This was probably on TV at some point. It's not available anywhere as of this recording. It's about two independent black women right off the bat. You know, pretty progressive in 1982. Sounds great to me. And they're trying to make it in San Francisco and the pilot involves them 
renting a houseboat to live in, which sounds really cool, and then acquiring their first job and losing it. And there was only one comment on IMDb. I, I love this comment. Can, can I read Absolutely. it? Yes, please do. I remember laughing at this with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was just one of those nights. We have a very happy memory of my mother and me watching the show and both of us laughing so hard our stomachs hurt. <laughs> this kills me. This is this is actually really funny. Mostly, I remember someone saying, your walls are wet. And then one of the women saying, we were crying. <laughs> I don't know why it was so funny at the time, but it was a good memory. It is where it goes off the rails. Growing up, Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> this was as about as good as it got. Hashtag XJW. And then the oh best part. God. The best part. Oh, I thought oh, I thought it said helpful minus one. one. <laughs> I think that yeah, I think but, that's what it is. It's negative one helpful. No, no, no I, I think it's helpful dot one person and unhelpful nobody. I thought it was a negative amount of helpfuls. But no, it's one person found it helpful. And this was this was posted recently. Yeah. For twenty twenty two. Not that long ago. Give them on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should we should have reached out. Actually, so last night when I was going over the notes for the first time, I guess I was just a a little drunk. And I thought that this was Stuart's note that he had watched this with his mom. And I was like, what the fuck? In 1982? How do you remember that? You were just born. I missed it. I also did not realize it was an IMDb review, but I know nothing about any of you hosts. So I just assumed, though, I guess one of you used to be a Jehovah's Witness. And I thought, I could talk about that. <laughs> do, we, do we think this, this show had anything to do with being a Jehovah's Witness? Or just this was all they were allowed to? watch i think that's all they were allowed to watch yeah kind of how uh battlestar galactica is uh about mormonism yeah mm-hmm. I, I have to ask remember okay here's the thing is that show real because there's a there's another yes. there's another show that that nobody can find online because it's not real it's a shark show it's a ninja turtles ripoff but it's a, a uh, street shark street shark half shark half man fighting evil that's the best street shark Street Sharks, yeah, but that's a big hoax. Street Sharks is totally real. No, Street Sharks is real, man. Yeah, yeah. I had the I, toys. Yeah, no, I used to watch no, it. Man, no, but there, there's a different shark okay, show that, that, that's not real. I'm going to look this up. There was there was also that, that weird Animorph show where the lady, her name was Octavia, and she turned into an octopus, and there was the... The old fat man with the big mustache, and he would turn into a walrus. And it was Thunder Thundercat. All I know is now I'm an animal. No, that was She's With Me. <laughs> I actually went back into microfiche to find some, try to dig up something about this show. And I found this little tidbit about, it was from April 1986. So this was when they were shooting this pilot. If someone wants to read this. I, I can read I, I can read it. I appreciate it. I, I'll be the reader by Marilyn Beck, <laughs> Hollywood. Mick Jagger is scheduled to be on hand Friday when Jerry Hall goes before the cameras in the She's With Me project that could end up putting the relationship to the stress test. The Embassy television sitcom pilot, in which Jerry plays a model and Dina Manoff, her Girl Friday, is considered a top contender for NBC's fall lineup. If it sells, (laughs) it, it will necessitate Jerry staying in Hollywood. Thousands of miles away from Jagger's main haunts in New York, Mustique, and London. It also could mean a frequent separation for Mick from his children by Jerry, unless he is content to allow, in what would be a sharp reversal of roles, 
his life to revolve around her career. <laughs> their three-year-old daughter and seven-month-old son are with Jerry now. She's even had them with her every day on the Hollywood soundstage where she's been in She's With Me rehearsals with the nanny, Natch, to take charge of the kids. I don't know what that means. Naturally. Oh, naturally. She's got a nanny, Natch. Oh. What's the nanny's name? Yeah, her name is Natch. <laughs> Natch. <laughs> At some point in 1986, somebody thought that Mick Jagger's girlfriend, because she could read lines, be an actor. Well, she was a supermodel. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't make him be an actor. I don't know. I mean, she's definitely just playing to herself in this show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. a Texan supermodel with a rock style boyfriend. Yeah, I had no idea who this person was. Neither did I. I knew the name, but I thought it was a dude. <laughs> I only know a few things. I think, if I recall, this relationship ended badly. <laughs> I think there was some abuse going on, oh, no. and then she went on to get hitched with fucking uh, Rubilt Murdoch at one. What? Yeah, maybe I'm making that up. I don't think so, though. Well, you may not be making that up, but Street Sharks is certainly made up. (laughs) No. Ridiculous. Ridiculous lies. I had a VHS of this damn show. This one and and Biker Mice from Mars. Biker Mice from Mars. I have all of Biker Mice from Mars on my hard drive right now. Every single episode. Well, do you have any Street Sharks? I haven't downloaded drive. it, but I'm sure I can find all right, it. Go, yeah, go find it. How often do you think the line from Biker Mice from Mars, cheek to cheek and stink to stink? That's how my dad conned my mom into <laughs> sleeping with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you mamma jammas. Let's rock and ride! So I've got this other article that we can read. Joe, you want to hit this one? This is supermodel Jerry Hall shines an NBC sitcom pilot. Best Bets by Judy Flander. It's a weekend filled with some watchable repeats and a few goodies. One interesting show features supermodel Jerry Hall, co-starring with Dinah Manoff in an NBC sitcom pilot, She's With Me, Saturday at 7.30. The tall, dazzling, blonde Texan really doesn't have to act. In fact, (laughs) her character is a supermodel with a rock star boyfriend who pays more attention to his doorman than he does to her. But Hall is more than okay as a foil for Manoff's klutzy loser, a New York divorcee who keeps up with the lifestyles of the rich and famous, lusts after rock stars, and teaches her new friend how to handle her men. She's With Me is a very in, very New York show, laced with accents and references that probably wouldn't travel beyond New Jersey, and, alas, a script that lacks wit. <laughs> These may be reasons it's not on the fall schedule, but it's nice to have something new. Manoff is an exceedingly talented actress and comedian, and Hall is simply a pleasure to watch. What the fuck is that article? Thank you, Judy Flander. <laughs> wow. That's bet. <laughs> that lady probably made $700,000 a year writing this shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is written by Ron Leavitt and Michael G. Moy, who probably at this very moment working on Married with Children. Because Married with Children would come out the next year. Oh, I thought you meant right now. What is dead? Oh, yeah, I mean, I did too. <laughs> no, right in the middle of this this fucking pilot on they're TV. bringing it back oh yeah it's gonna be an animated series <laughs> no. married with children or he's with wait me. are they really that's ridiculous is it gonna be an anime <laughs> <laughs> the biggest problem with this show is it's a show about women 
main characters are, are women. Uh, of the 11 people in the cast, seven are women. However, it's written, directed, and produced by men. <laughs> this is all squarely in the category of how men think women act and what men think women talk about, which is men. Somehow it's not it's not funny at all, whereas <laughs> when they're writing, I guess, actually, Married with Children had quite a few female writers and directors, mm-hmm. and the way that they you know, think women acted was fucking funny. It's a fucking funny show. <laughs> it's definitely it's a, a better, better show. show. And he'll be on a podcast of all men talking about it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's worth talking a little bit about the Bechdel test, uh, because we have never discussed it on this podcast before. Yes, we have. We have? When? Uh... I don't remember exactly what the Street Sharks episode. (laughs) Yeah, it was a Street Sharks episode. Thanks for thanks for uh, remembering that. No problem. Big fan. (laughs) It originates with American cartoonist Allison Bechtel. She had a 1985 comic strip called Dykes to watch out for. And that's where it first appeared. And all it is, is the show or movie has to include a scene. Two women talk to each other about something other than a man with bonus points if the two female characters have names and it, this pilot it <laughs> explodes pectal test because these women talk about nothing but men the entire time i think every single conversation was about a male or a, a woman in a male's rela- a celebrity relationship yeah uh, in some way I, I don't think anything in this revolved at all around anything oh, i do it's great i mean i don't even remember oh, what her job was well what was her job she sells makeup oh that's right yeah Soul's makeup in a model. Okay. Now I'm embarrassed. Even in this article, she's a loser divorcee. What? Just because you're divorced means you're a loser? And also, let's not forget ugly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, is how she referred to herself. Ridiculous. She's beautiful. Yeah, it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. I would much rather be with her than Jerry Hall. I was I was going to say the same thing. I was like, oh, I thought you were going to say your wife. Well, no, I would much rather be with my wife than anyone else. Oh. Let's get that on record here. <laughs> has a sitcom actually had an ugly woman kill who was actually ugly i don't think so you only yeah. see in a sitcom ah that that lady she's she's not good looking but then you look at the actress it's like, yeah yeah she is what are you talking yeah. about yeah she's fucking stunningly beautiful well i mean here's the thing ugly is really about what's on the inside that's right here's the thing i am extremely filmy all the time and it doesn't matter to me. I have an issue. <laughs> what are you doing? I am not going to put video on. I'll tell you that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This did air. It was on TV Saturday, July 20th, 1986. And it was the lead into The Golden Girls, which was in its third season. And before it was uh, Facts of Life. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts And it was up against Stinson. <laughs> And also up against Austin City Limits on uh, PBS, I think. Man, she's with. Oh wait, it was on. Wait. It's two channels. Channel twenty. Yeah, what's what's up with that? Channel five and channel twenty two are the huh. same channel. Interesting. Something. Something's going on, and so is seven and one's UHF, right? Oh, UHF. oh, okay. Is that it? It's UHF. They have the same. No, I have no idea. Many people don't know this, but back in the day, especially with sitcoms, we would have two channels. One of them did not have the laugh track on it, and one of them did. So you could choose. Nobody told me about that. Choose if you wanted. You know this? God damn it! How do you not know this? You run a fucking TV podcast. Yeah, <laughs> same thing with. Street sharks. Street sharks. Which, which, which dub do you have? Do you have the uh, audience laughter? How did they animate 
that fast for a studio audience. Right, so here's another thing. Man. So it was not even a live studio audience. It was just dubbed in. Uh, so it was so. AI generated. So it was pretty much automatic. No idea they could do that in the 90s. Yeah, it was pretty dope yeah what do you think stephen honking was working on you know, for all those years <laughs> stephen honking <laughs> yeah stephen honking i'm <laughs> probably playing trumpet <laughs> yeah he was playing trumpet and coming up with his grand theory of making sitcoms his sitcom sitcom technology i'll tell you one thing steve stephen honking big fan of familiar the children that's right he, was. he couldn't peel him away from the tv while he was on well speaking of sitcom technology let's talk a little bit about the youtube video this was uploaded by Classic TV and More, a channel that is filled with old award shows, tons of blooper reels, and several cast reunions. Remember checking out a blooper reel from a fucking blockbuster? What a disappointment. You mean during the credits? No, no, a sports blooper tape. Get ready for a trip to the land of oops and whoops. Welcome to the wide world of bloopers, sports follow-ups. We've traveled around the world to bring you the greatest sports bloopers, moments that will take you to unimaginable heights. My favorite blue bull reel from Blockbuster was called Faces of Death. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, please. I know. I know. Just fucking I know. audience, check that out. A laugh riot when that monkey's brains are popping out of his eye holes. <laughs> I, I honestly thought Max was going to do a Zapruder film. I was going to, but then I realized <laughs> okay. he couldn't rent that from the blockbuster, probably. You would just have to go to my dad's basement and watch it on the sheet. <laughs> from the second angle? Yeah. <laughs> this was uploaded April 24th, 2020, so it's two years old. Uh, it has 9,000 views, so it's 4,500 views a year, and this is the 15th most watched pilot watched on this uh, podcast so far by yearly views and it's not taped off tv so the source is unknown it's probably the original producer a couple of the other ones that just mysteriously crop up the quality is so terrible i don't know it, it wasn't that bad i i you know it, it's bad i guess but i didn't know this bad quality really yeah i thought it was pretty bad for if it somebody had a master or something and normally with those pilots i don't know they would have some sort of thing at the beginning saying who owned it or, or whatever yeah, maybe you need to get a Stephen Hawking's television AI upsampling box at your home. Because uh, I mean, we all have them, and it looked fine to us. <laughs> so the first thing that happens is we get the opening sequence, okay. and we see a photo album with the name Edie Gruber, who is our main character, our hero. Uh, and the album opens to a page, and it zooms in on a picture that says "Me and My Miniatures." <laughs> Bizarre. And there's a woman. Presumably, this is Edie Gruber. But it's hard to tell. It looks like her. It begs the question, who took this photo? <laughs> the most boring person on earth. <laughs> the hostage photo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. The last known photo of this actress. <laughs> Have you seen this woman? We get another photo album, and this one says Maris McKay on it, and it's a supermodel photo. Yeah, yeah glamour shots. Glamour shot, yeah. And I didn't notice it until before, but the first photo album is sitting... In the apartment set, and the second photo album is sitting in the a coke mirror. The other, oh wow, we call that foreshadowing in the business. Yeah, yeah foreshadowing. Yeah. The theme is hanging. <laughs> got some wailing sacks. <laughs> Stephen Hawking actually. Played. Yeah, Stephen Hawking wrote and played the performed the theme. <laughs> Correct me. If I'm- 
Is anyone singing in this song? I don't think so, right? Yeah. Really? She's with me. She's with me. Oh, wait. Does it really? out of me to go around. She's with me. So the photo album motif continues. Another year. Where we see some random home photo, then a professional model, then then a credit. And honestly, I found this to be incredibly confusing. <laughs> the first time I watched it, I didn't know what was going on, why these model photos were, were mixed together. And then also they've just kind of got black and white photos next to photos that have happened like recently. Some maniac put this photo album together. Yeah. yeah her murderer. I do like the photo of the ex-husband's face scratched out. Yeah, this was put together by the guy who shot Mick Jagger. The opening sequence ends and we pan across a shabby apartment. The apartment from Bosom Buddies. <laughs> Might be. Uh, while we listen to Stop in the Name of Love. And out steps our, uh, our hero, Edie Gruber, and she's tucking her shirt Edie. into her skirt uh, as she dances around the apartment. In the 1980s, people could not get enough of this. They loved Motown. They went fucking crazy for it, you're right. They thought this was the most hilarious thing. Someone tucking the little t-shirt in while singing, holy shit, you couldn't top that in comedy. I, is she putting together a jigsaw puzzle? It's It's underneath. <laughs> Almost. It's it's part of the countertop. It's huh. very strange because they are eating on top of it later. <laughs> Normally finish it. Well, sometimes when you put together a puzzle, you do laminate it so it's a coffee table. But maybe she just scattled the pieces and went, it's good enough. <laughs> so this is Dinah Manoff. Kind of sounds when you take a fella to dinner. <laughs> Who is most well known as one of the main characters from Greece. What's your name? Marty. And she actually made three pilots around this same time, one of which I hope we get to someday, which is called Sirens, and it's about police women. Wow, and, they, um, and they're reading Cosmopolitan she, Magazine and Vogue Magazine? On duty? Damn, women be shopping on TV? <laughs> on duty. She spent a lot of time on Broadway. She won a Tony in 1980. Mm. And also, she had three kids in her 40s, including two twin boys. A hell of a lady. Yeah. Uh, and she's obviously the most talented person on this show. She was great. Yeah. Hey, that was a great song, wasn't it? And for those of you who were singing along, can you believe that was more than 20 years ago? <laughs> well, that's nearly a quarter of a century. <laughs> what a fucking stupid joke. For those of you singing along, <laughs> that was 20 years ago, you old piece of shit. <laughs> Take my main audience. Fuck you. <laughs> Here's a reminder of the impending creep of death. We can get a better shot of that that jigsaw puzzle. I didn't even notice that. It's definitely a jigsaw puzzle. I think what I, I think what's happening is the, oh, so the set designer props to the set set designer here because mm, it's a good set. They're, they're really trying to just bring home this. You know, she's lonely. She's a lame mm -hmm. life. But I think what's happening is she has a glass or laminate top to save her place with the puzzles. Oh. So that when, you know, her old... She's a pro. Yeah, when her old Ethel uh, neighbor comes over, she doesn't fuck up her puzzle. <laughs> so this is what we call in the biz foreshadowing, because I don't know if you know this, but the second episode of She's With Me, they revealed that she's actually Jigsaw from the Saw series. Oh, wow. I saw it coming a mile away. Oh, that, they, that, that photo album makes sense. Yeah. Who is it? It's Alma. Then her friend Alma shows up. 
to talk about butts. Mm-hmm. And she's played by Candace Azara, our favorite kind of working actor with 90 roles and still working today. Truly the greatest generation. Do ladies actually love men's asses? Someone Google it. All right, hold on. Ladies love men's. All right, hold on. All right. All right, hold on. All right. Ass. Computer says yes. Look, Linda Evans coming out of Georgia is wearing the same dress she wore to the People's Choice Awards. What does she think? No one remembers. I hate her hair like that. She probably did it herself. I'm telling you, these people need someone to tell them what looks good. Check out Sharon. Remember her with Sunny. She's almost a savant in pop culture. A comic book guy but only interested in tabloid. And the way the jokes were written, too jokey, and it gave me a vibe of, what's that one show? The Bazinga show? That young Sheldon, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, Big Bang Theory. yeah. And you gotta stick a Bazinga in this. with a Bazinga. I'll stick one in here. Bazinga. <laughs> but it reminded me of that. And that show's lame, and I can't stand it, but Big Bang Theory, yeah. Well, Edie, Reveal Magazine, scoop them again. Sly Stallone's divorce settlement is all over page six. The match Rocky couldn't win. <laughs> I didn't know Stallone was getting a divorce. Neither does he. But psychic Roberta Stump sees it in his future. She also saw the settlement. Oh, look what she's getting. The artwork, the Beverly Hills home, his $100,000 stretch Mercedes. I remember when he got there. <laughs> it was the day we bought the bass towels and they threw in the washcloths for 99 cents. Those were nice towels. So Alma brought a newspaper and a psychic has predicted that Sylvester Stallone <laughs> is getting a divorce. And the psychic actually itemizes his estate, which is laudable for a psychic. We got to get Miss Cleo clip in here somewhere. If you want him to believe that it's over, then you got to stop accepting the booty calls at 2 a.m. in the morning. You understand? Yeah. Hear me now. I mean, this is definitely a tabloid, right? <laughs> because when she brought it in, it, I thought it was the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Bat boy. <laughs> so they're, they're going through this newspaper discussing the various articles and stories about celebrities. And this is to establish the contrast to the shabby apartment building. As far as contrast goes, I think that's right on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Look, 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 a photo of Barracuda Johnson getting in his tour bus. Nice bun. You should see him wiggle in concert. They're insured for half a million dollars. <gasps> I'd like to be the appraiser. I don't think that's true, though. I don't think yeah. you could get your butt insured. You can, you can. Wow. I minored in ass law, and actually you can. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of celebrities that have had their body parts insured. Heidi Klum has her legs insured dolly parton has her boobs insured jimmy durante had his nose insured which is very so odd you can maybe you can wow i guess it makes sense i mean if jimmy durante is doing it anyone can do it i also like the line she when alma leaves she says can i have some more of that blush you gave me oh so hank liked it huh well he said it made me look like a hooker <laughs> i did not understand this fucking joke well I'll explain it to you in a second, Andrew, but I, I, I was a little slow to add on to the jokes that we were just talking about, and I want to add on. It's a shame that John Bobbitt did not get his penis insured. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got to be insured now, right? No, now we can't. <laughs> no one's going to touch Frankencock, is that the uh, John Bobbitt porno they made? Hey, wait, really? Oh, man. Yeah, Franken-penis or Franken-cock. I also want to let you guys know that I couldn't remember John Bobbitt's name. So while you were moving on, I was Googling man who lost penis. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so I found it. 
<laughs> uh, do I still come up as the first result on that? No, let's move down to the second page. A lot uh, of people have lost their penises since then. Uh, you don't really hear about that. Too often. You didn't eat them. <laughs> you'd think you'd hear a lot more often if it happened, you know, but. Yeah. Bob it. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkin Spice Podcast is back to talk about some of the spookiest movies out there. But this time, they aren't covering franchises. They're taking bus tickets to new cities to explore the horror happening all over the globe. So tune in to Pumpkin Spice Podcast, a bridge burner podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out now. It's Pumpkin Spice Podcast. Listen, the girls are coming over for bridge tonight. Can you make it? Alma, it's Friday night in New York City. Did it ever occur to you that I might have a date? We go through this every Friday night. Are you coming or not? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'd love to stay in dish, but I gotta go to work. I'm doing Manhattan today. Oh. Edie mentions that she's doing Manhattan today. She's selling makeup. Mary Kay or Avon? Door yeah, to door, I guess. What was this one called? It was... Okay. It had like the it had it had, it had a very frou frou name. It was called New Beginnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is very much a divorced lady kind of name. Oh. That's their target mm-hmm. audience. Ladies who feel they've lost their luster. So then we get a quick montage of Edie doing door to door, trying to sell makeup and getting doors slammed in her face. Hi, I'm Edie Gruber with New Beginning Cosmetics. <laughs> Hi, I'm Edie Gruber. <laughs> oh, hi, I'm Edie Gruber with <laughs> And a kid shoots her with a water gun in her face. He should have Taystrel. Yeah. Maystrel, that would have been cool. Oh, been <laughs> She's I mean, rolling around in agony for about a full on-screen minute. Yeah, the, the rest of the episode, she has red eyes. It would have been comic old. Yes. Just walking around God the city was. asking for help. But since it's New York, no one's stopping. <laughs> and that's the whole show. That's the whole show. And then, and, and then someone runs up and says, she's with me. She's with hey, me. She with you? No, no. She's with me. Credits. All right, but then then finally she arrives at Jerry Hall's apartment, and she lets her right in. Who is it? Edie Gruber, New Beginning Cosmetics. Money in. As you know, at New Beginning, we don't just sell makeup. We sell, you guessed it, a new beginning. And don't forget, long after the sale is made, we continue to work with you. Because what we're all about at New Beginning is making everyone a little more beautiful. Yep, that's what we're all about at New Beginning. <laughs> beginning goodbye and then turns around and is surprised to see a model and then she closes up her case and heads for the door that makes no sense oh I mean, she's beautiful this makeup is actually for only for ugly ladies sorry i have to go <laughs> groucho marks walk it is a groucho marks walk huh <laughs> and jerry hall is the most ridiculous accent i've ever heard y'all might not know this but i'm not from new york <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a Texas accent most of the time, and I that is the most ludicrous overselling of a Texas accent I've ever heard. So she's from Texas, right? For real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what must happen was the director probably from New York, some hotshot just saying, no, make it more Texas. She was probably speaking her normal. Say, no, 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 make it more Texas. Make it more Texas. And then she had to do a stereotype of herself in order to sell the character because it was grating yeah. to me. 
maybe 20, 30 years ago, that was a more common accent. I, you know, I, I, I gave up. I mean, she sounds like the lady. Oh, God, Jesus. You're right. Were you attacked? I was attacked. Help me. Call 911. She sounds like the lady from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. At this time, I'd like to conclude our tour. And I mean it. Y'all have been one of the greatest groups I have ever worked with, really. <laughs> okay, are there any questions? Yes. Where's the basement? Excuse me? Aren't we going to see the basement? <laughs> There's no basement at the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> There's no basement at the Alamo. Oh, that's, uh, st- what is her name? Jan Hooks. Oh. Sorry Night Live. Oh. Yeah, Jan Hooks. <laughs> My man knows her name. But uh, yeah, Jerry Hall is not good. She's bad. Maybe the worst part of the show. I don't know about that. Really? I don't know about worst part of the show. Uh, worst yeah I, there's, there's some really bad parts no I, I i think she was bad i think it was a bad script and she probably wasn't a great actor bad, a bad script a bad yeah. idea yep they should have let mick jagger do a rewrite <laughs> on it huh he's he's got some writing chops. she did sorry night live at the same time calling it bad is, <laughs> is being nice she's just reading she just Rude? stands there and reads yeah. and, and she doesn't know how to act like react to the crowd laughing or anything when I woke up, there was roses all over my bed. There was a diamond bracelet on my pillow. And then Mick got down on his hands and knees and begged me to marry him again. <laughs> he just won't give up. It's pathetic. I mean, you'd think that after eight years and two children, he'd feel more secure about our relationship. But I don't want to marry him until he outgrows this adolescent need to be a rock star. We have a modern relationship, very 80s. He's very supportive of my career. In fact, it was Mick's idea for me to host the show. He's right now in my dressing room taking care of the kids. I can't tell you how hard it is to get a sitter in New York on a Saturday night. Anyway, we've got a great show. Stevie Ray Vaughn's here it's and he's just, funky. It's horrible. She just breaks down in tears. Starts peeing. <laughs> in, in the monologue, does she have the same accent from the show? Yeah, that's her real voice. That's how she really talks. Or at least that's how she talks on stage. All right, so then that uh, is her real voice. That's how she talks in New York. Yeah. That must be why Mick Jagger loved her. Let's let's find an interview of her in fucking Dallas or something. Let's see. Weird. It takes place in a grassy (laughs) north. What's it feel like to have no problems? I have problems. Why would you think I don't have problems? Well, I do. A real one. I'm waiting. My boyfriend and I are fighting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she the of course the beautiful woman has no problem. He's just so insensitive. Do you know how we spent the anniversary of our first date watching the Knicks game on TV with the doorman? He finally paid me a little attention at halftime. He said, "What do you think, Frank? Some babe, huh?" <laughs> he did that to you? <laughs> kind of ridiculous that a guy who's supposed to be a big rock star barracuda johnson spending his free time watching shit with the fucking doorman instead of i don't know overdosing in the bathroom of the fucking viper room come on man what what way is that for a rock star to live i want to watch that yeah me too I mean, doorman's probably code for heroin dealer, cocaine dealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Room. I want to watch that show. Just this this rock still hanging out with the jewel man. This is when we learned that that Jerry Hall's husband is Kuda Johnson, who's a, a rock star. 
Well, he's just the boyfriend. He's not. He's not her husband. He won't commit. We've been dating for two years now, and he refuses to make a commitment. I'm 29 years old, and I want to have children. I don't want to wake up one day and be 30 and find myself a lonely, childless old spinster. <laughs> so scared to talk about marriage but there is also this moment when they they realize that despite all their differences the thing they have in common is their distaste for men who would ever thought that you and me would have guys with so much in common there you see i knew if we talked long enough we'd find something that you have that i don't a husband well (laughs) not anymore and giddy tosses her mullet and the, and the audience goes wild they love it well i've seen andrew do that on on stage and the crowd does ju- just go fucking <laughs> wild throwing their fucking carhartt double knee jeans up on stage it made no fucking sense it made no sense it was a weird visual is it the same jill man who killed rival phoenix <laughs> it's it's hard out there i got a real i got a real good doorman (laughs) fucking river so so then they start talking about how they are going to get back at these fucking guys you know how to really get him you know all that milk he's been getting from you tell him his pail is rusty (laughs) what the fuck does this mean yeah i thought it was an std tell him his dick don't work but it clearly does because they're fucking (laughs) tell him he's got he has a gonorrhea yeah he's got chlamydia leaking out the tip yeah he's got got genital warts. it's a very vague std joke but it's very confusing they only have 22 minutes barracuda johnson (laughs) the singer the rock star kuda johnson And you were Maris McKay, the fashion model he stole away from the ski jumping champion in Gestad in choir September 6, 1984. <laughs> Shout out to my friend Kuda, who I believe his <laughs> name is actually just Kuda. Really? Yeah. I feel like Barry. Barry would have been more natural, but... Yeah, very fake. So this is when the the really weird thing happens. Jerry Hall has a box of Kuda stuff that she's getting rid of. And Edie takes out a scarf and buries her face in it. You see, I have such contempt for this man because of the way he treats you that I would like the honor of disposing of this refuse. That would be great. She wants this box of stuff to rub on herself. I, I, yeah. Deranged behavior. You saw a lot of this in the 80s. Very deranged. A deranged thing to make a character do. Oh, they're so obsessed with this person. They just want to rub their clothes all over them. Yeah. It's Wait, what? I've, ne- I've never seen anyone do this ever. No. Yeah, a- ever at all. In real life? It, well, no. Not, it doesn't make sense. That's all. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. This is uh, ma- male worshipping himself. I used to live with a guy that stole panties from women. Yeah. Well, I would believe a man would do this. I wouldn't believe a woman would. I think this. sniffing panties definitely happens. For sure. But, you know, this this weird box of stuff. I got a question. Did he ask his model girlfriend to throw out some shit he didn't want anymore? It, why is she throwing shit out? This is just a box of trash. Say, hey, babe, can you throw this out for me? Edie, I'm going to tell Kuda to be here tonight at 730, and I'm going to tell him how I feel. Would you mind coming over, you know, to sort of make sure that I don't chicken out? Me? Here? With Barracuda Johnson? Yes, please. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> I'm going to break up with my boyfriend tonight. Can you come yeah. back and make sure that I do it? Yeah, it was odd. And it was odd. For some reason, Edie gets the idea that she's going to hook up with Huda Johnson. Oh, God. And that's what the whole second half of the show is about, <laughs> which is very strange. I think we should stop the show and play a game because we're halfway through. Mm, okay. Let's play the just very jigsaw here. All right, guys, I got a, I got a very special guest. Let me, let me, let me go grab him real quick. One second, one second. Let me just open this door. I think he's just waiting on the other side of the door. It's a squeaky door. Ah, greetings and salutations, gentlemen. Hello. My name is Clifford Dufton Griffley, and I have come to you as a millionaire with a very special millionaire's big money offering. A business package that will be immediately rewarding you with the financial freedom untold since the days of the great Italian investing genius and philanthropist Charles Ponzi, <laughs> who was unfairly persecuted by the United States government for his efforts to improve the lives of untold thousands of people. Have you ever wished for yourself a money that brings luxurious life into your purview? Every day. Perhaps these fine freedompreneurs will be able to make dreams into real life for you. I just need 10 minutes of your time to change your life. Let's play Bring a Friend. Okay. Okay. So you're going to have to guess the years these brilliant millionaires and their revolutionary entrepreneurs were shut down by nosy government authorities and busybodies. <laughs> Price is right. Rules apply. Of course. I love this Italian fella. How do we ring in? With your names. Ring in with our names. Yeah, just say your name. If you... Well, actually, you know what? We're going to have to do round robin. Oh, even better. So you each get a guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, fellas. Question one. Founded by Alex Arnold at the height of the Napster crisis, Burn Lounge Incorporated promised that you could sell digital music through your own custom webpage after purchasing a monthly subscription from the company. Around 30,000 people opened Burn Lounge storefronts. Unfortunately for all of the future millionaires who believed in the product, Burn Lounge and the brilliant mediapreneurs behind it were shut down by the close-minded individuals of the FTC in what year? Andrew, we'll start with you, then Max, then Stuart. 2002. 2001. I'm going to say 2006. All right, it was 2012. Oh. Stuart on the board. What? That seems pretty late to be. Yeah, doesn't it? Wow. When did iTunes open up? Whatever. There's another. Probably like 2008. <laughs> Question two. Glenn W. Turner, a former sewing machine salesman, saw an opportunity to help cosmetic-loving Americans help other cosmetic-loving Americans sell each other mink oil-based cosmetics door-to-door and at parties under the name Coscott Interplanetary. Sadly, this cosmetopreneur, along with future O.J. Simpson attorney Ethley Bailey, found themselves unfairly persecuted by the bastards at the FTC in this year. Max, we'll start with you. 1986. Andrew? 1981. Stu? Mm. I'm going to say 75. Ooh, it was 1971. You all went over. Oh. I am so <laughs> fucking pissed. Hey, is that your name? Is that your name, Clifford? Yeah, Clifford Dufton Griffley. That's my name. I'm a millionaire. I'm very rich. Would you freedom of your life? Would you take control? Yeah. <laughs> what are you selling? Question number three. Can you just give me some money? 
They say everything is bigger in Texas. It's true. And the benefits of the fine products offered by your friends at United Sciences of America can just about perform miracles, cure heart disease, alcoholism, arthritis, and even cancer and AIDS. Sadly, you won't find them being offered up by a neighbor you usually try to avoid these days because the Dastardly Food and Drug Administration charged these metapreneurs with making prohibited treatment claims in this year. Stuart? 1984. Max? 2022. Andrew? 1991. Stuart got it. It was 1987. I was close. Question four. After stumbling on a fruit-scented cosmetic company that was going out of business, probably because it was run out of a garage instead of a multi-million dollar business office, William Penn Patrick purchased their remaining stock for $16,250 and founded Holiday Magic, which distributed thousands of peoples of lives until the market court of Sweden formed an evil capital-hating Voltron with the SEC, FTC, and state of California to crush some hopeful future millionaires' dreams shortly after Patrick's death in this year. Max, we'll start with you. Jesus Christ. God damn. 19... 19- 90. Andrew? Oh, man. 1978. Uh, Stuart? 1953. <laughs> well, that was way off, but Stuart gets <laughs> Price is right, Rolls. Yes. It's 1974. All right, I'm figuring this game out. Oh, my God. Uh, I changed my answer to everything to be 1899. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you also can't go 10 years before. So, Clifford, what fruit should we be investing our, our money in? Fruit scent, right? Put all of your money in dragon fruit, guys. It grows really good in Mexico. You should buy a big orchard and only grow dragon fruit because it's $10 a pound in the United States. You could make a ton of money. Wow, that's actually useful info. Question number... With obesity becoming more and more an issue in this beautiful country we love, the United States, Mm. self-motivated methapreneur and former police officer Michael Ellis saw a solution that he could offer to people to offer to their friends, an ephedra supplement called Metabolife 356 that improved hundreds of millions of lives around the world until... What a surprise. The killjoys at the IRS, Department of Justice, and FDA put an abrupt stop to Ellis's attempt to better the world in this year. Stuart? 2002. Max? 1899. <laughs> <laughs> strategy. Andrew? 1990. It was 2005. Oh, my God. He was also busted with running actual meth labs. Oh my God! Oh well, that's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so he was a he was a cop running a meth lab. He was a cop running a meth lab and selling ephedra legally. Uh, I feel running a meth lab it's a, it's a good product. Mm-hmm. Lose some weight. Lose some weight. As every cop should. <laughs> if if I remember correctly, he put a bullet in his own brain. <laughs> <laughs> Question number six. Monarch Health Sciences was originally founded by Dallin Larson to distribute diet and weight loss supplements. They eventually stumbled on a healthful juice beverage, Monavi, which became extremely popular with the healthfully conscious, the juicepreneurial minded, and folks who just love the color purple alike. 
Despite multiple lawsuits from poverty mindset suffering luminaries Oprah Winfrey, Dr. Andrew Weil, and the FDA who attempted to prevent Motivy from curing people of their acai poor diets. They foreclosed in this year. 2003. Andrew? 2000. 400 BC. <laughs> Max is on the board. It was 2015. Wow. Question number seven. Most people don't know that future sex culturepreneur Keith Ranieri actually started changing lives and helping people achieve, achieve dream lifestyles years before he and Nancy Saltzman started the revolutionary multi-level slavery company, Nexium. He called it Consumers Byline Incorporated, a name befitting a man with a 240 IQ, and its purpose was to empower everyday future millionaires to offer discounts on things, groceries, and appliances. Sadly, all, th all good things must come to an end. And in this year, Ranieri shut down CBI after coming under investigation. Hmm. Andrew? 1982. Hmm. No. 1986. 1993. Max? I was going to say 86. So now I'll say 1985. Hmm. It was 1996. God damn it. Only two years later, he would start convincing ladies that they needed to have sex with him. And also brand them for some reason so, hmm. so who won that round i forgot everybody's answer i said 86 right uh stewart did i think he said 92 yeah 93 close enough all right last question it's not often that you get the chance to work with a former future president and that's just what individuals who wanted to be their own boss make their own hours and control their own paycheck were offered in 2009 when big business genius billionaire donald trump attached his name to the products from Ideal Health Incorporated. The Trump network was shut down in this year, but just the big man himself and every multi-level marketing company, it never really went away. Okay, so he took a bill in 2009, you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, 2009. <laughs> Andrew? Uh, he shut down this year and never went away. I want to say 20, 2016. Do it. 20, hmm. Oh, God, 2015. Oh, Max got it. Oh. It was 2011. Oh. It only lasted two years. People who invested oh, in it were super pissed off that Donald Trump wasn't as involved as they thought he was going to be, <laughs> which is very surprising that he wasn't. Right? Right, guys? He's a man of integrity. You guys have way too much faith in Donald Trump. I want him to go away. Stuart is the winner for the first time ever. I think that's the first time Stuart wow. Stuart's ever won a game. No, I've never won anything. Alright, guys, that's all from me, Clifton, Defton, Griffley. Uh, let me, let me... Well, wait a minute, we're not rich. I thought you were gonna yeah. teach us how to be rich. Well, hey, all you gotta do is just believe in yourself and find a couple of friends who have big networks of people that they, they can sell... Oh, God damn it. Uh, how much do y'all pay Clifton to do this shit? I didn't even know he was coming. My appearance fee is my own business. You can take it up with Joe. Yeah, talk to Joe. Uh, I'll, I'll see I'll see y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye. Door is so creaky. Well, guys, how was it? Did you guys learn anything from our, our new friend, Cl Clifton? How much do you pay him? I want to know that. Look, I mean, I may have had to take out a loan to do it, but I think it was worth it. I think we're all going to be millionaires 
in no time. Thank, thank you. Thanks to our Patreons for paying for that. Do we have a Patreon? No, we don't have we a don't. Patreon. Oh, shit. No, no one should pay for this shit. Just kidding. Pay for us. Pay, pay, pay for yeah, us. Yeah, send us money. Get some t-shirts. Yeah, let's make some t-shirts. Yeah. I should make a t-shirt. Looking for your next audio binge? Bridge Burner is an independent podcast collective with all types of shows guaranteed to bring you hours of enjoyment. Podcasts like Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. On Reenacted, hosts Robert and Crystal watch and discuss the classic episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. They don't take themselves or the program seriously. They're just a couple of dummies who love Unsolved Mysteries. Or try Piloting Error, a crash course in abandoned media. Hosts Joe and Stu and guests walk scene by scene through television pilots that were aired but never picked up for series. It's time capsule of the bizarre. Maybe you'll enjoy Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure, where hosts Bill and Rob find the joy in watching a lackluster series of films like Predator or pre-MCU Marvel films. Hey, you could even check out The Bachelor Masters, a non-corporate show about the Bachelor franchise. What does the Bachelor series say about society? This podcast will let you know. If these shows sound fun, then you'll definitely enjoy Pumpkin Spice Podcast, a seasonal treat where comedy and horror movies meet all year long. But wait, there's more. Bridgeburner also has access to two Mike Sachs exclusives. Randy, the full and complete audio memoir of The Amazing Life and Times of Randy S. And Passing on the Right. Both hilarious pieces of audio fiction created by the award-winning writer Mike Sachs. If you have a podcast that you think would fit with the Bridgeburner Collective, reach out to any of these shows and they'll let you know how to join. Remember, five stars are our favorite. We love reviews, and also, share every single one of these podcasts in your group chat. It's BridgeBurner, and you can see more at BridgeBurner.page. So you guys are both prolific fucking authors. Andrew has a book coming out. That's right, he does, right? Yeah, I got a book coming out. It's called Excrement Mountain. Wow. It's not spelled that way. You just drop all the vowels and that's how you'll find it on, on the internet to purchase if you if you are so inclined. But it's uh, Excrement Mountain without all the without any vowels. It's published by by Ghoulish Books. Max Booth, a good friend and and a great publisher and prolific author himself. I am not prolific. Excrement Mountain actually came out of a feeling guilty about not being prolific. And it's a pretty short book, but I actually think it's, it's pretty good. So hopefully everyone who reads it likes it. I just want to be loved. I just want to be loved. When you sent it to us originally, and it wasn't long at all because you had removed every vowel from the manuscript. <laughs> so when we had you add those in, it, it beefed it up a bit. <laughs> Yeah, it went, it went from a solid eight pages to a solid 102. Yeah, try, so. trying to figure out that is trying to trying to figure out the movie primer. Yeah, it's amazing. If you take out spaces and vowels, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how much space you can save. What's the plot? The plot is there are some actors who are acting in a ridiculous movie, and they just cannot believe what's happening in the, in the script, and they're kind of harassing the director. The director is a famed Italian director, 
And um, he, he was best known for Wet Cannolis, which is a pornography. But he is telling them, hey, this is not going to be a pornography. Don't worry. But it's clearly a pornographic thing they're in. <laughs> but in the middle of the, it is the very beginning, so it's not spoiling anything. In the very middle of them arguing about this, a huge pile of shit falls in the middle of Austin, Texas. Wow. Right out the window. And all of a sudden, they are no longer filming a pornography. They're going to film Apocalypse Now and Heart of Darkness. They're going to film a movie and a documentary at the same time. And he's and the director was going to write the script on the fly every day. So, so they were saying, we're going to climb that mountain. The movie's changed. We're going we're gonna to climb this mountain. And so thus begins the journey. I'm looking at the cover of it right now. Mm-hmm. I love that you've got the Austin uh, skyline in the background. <laughs> and I can tell where this mountain is would be right where my old apartment used to be. And I can confirm that it's a giant pile of shit right there in Austin. It is a shitty area. You dropped that load. Well, the... The guy who did the the Cavill, his name is Zug Gudina. Is that right, mm-hmm. Andrew? I believe he lives in Austin, right? Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. It's very cool. Here's a small world here. Yeah, I I also, I got to vouch for Andrew's books. I've read a couple of them. Oh, Definitely cool. check out Death cool. Thing. Fucking Death Thing. In Selma, I'm going to be opening up a bookshop called Ghoulish Books, which is also the name of the the book publishing press that we run. And for those who don't know, Selma is a small, small town on the edge of San Antonio. So small, it doesn't even have its own post office. So, Jeez. (laughs) Wow, I thought you had to have a post office. I thought that was what made you a town. So did I. It's in the fucking Constitution. That's right. Article 2, must have post office. Okay, so you're going to open it. Where is it going to be? In Selma? Selma, Texas, yeah. I don't know when it's going to open yet because I haven't moved into the building. I'm moving into it in about a week or two, and then we will figure out Mm -hmm. what needs to be done. That's awesome. Yeah, also, mid-April, we will be doing the Ghoulish Book Fest in San Antonio. It's It's a book fest we do every April. We did... The first one last April, so this will be the second one. And it's pretty exciting. We have some fun guests of honor coming from all around the planet. We have Trevor Hendelson, who invented Siren Head, coming from Canada. We have Josh Malerman, who wrote Build Box. He's going to be coming from not Canada, Michigan. Other people that I'm blanking on right now. Andrew will be coming, I assume. Oh, I'll be coming. (laughs) not there not only is andrew not only is andrew going to the fest but he's also but i'm also going to be doing a a ghoulish wedding and he's going to be officiating it excellent yeah man fantastic that's where i'll be coming we'll post links to all of this in the description of the show and on our twitters and instagrams we're going to smear it all over our social media It's time. Don't touch me. It took you four hours to make me look like this. It takes two seconds to destroy it. She's she's gotten all dressed up and told all the old ladies in her so they all they can all congregate in the hallway and and cheer for her and take pictures of her. How do these old ladies know? Who he is? <laughs> these are the horniest. These are very these are horny the old, ladies. old ladies. We love horny old ladies on this podcast. That's our favorite <laughs> yes. kind of of lady. Oh, that's right. That's right. For sure. I mean. Not just on this podcast, just in the world. <laughs> yeah. right. But 
let me just say there is something about the 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 box of of shit. Some old lady says, "Oh, give me a pair of underwear," and then and then the main character is, "Why do you who do you take me for? Some kind of sex crazed maniac?" And <laughs> with Larry, we clearly saw before the commercial break she was a sex crazed maniac. Well, I'm ready. Wish me luck. Oh, get his autograph. Get his picture. Get his underpants. <laughs> But then, then a legitimately funny thing happens. This got a laugh out of me. She gets on the elevator, <laughs> and <laughs> and a series of other people get on the elevator, yeah. and it gets progressively more ridiculous. Curly and Mo. So by the time she gets to Jerry Hall's apartment, she's a complete mess, and yeah, and she has torn hose and and a stained dress. And I thought I thought she looked like Belinda Carlisle. Uh, yeah. Why is Belinda Carlisle Carlisle wearing a trash bag in the? picture that you chose yeah. that's what she's famous for is her trash bag dress you're looking a little new way yeah i mean honestly the everything looked in fashion still yeah she looked great i think she has she has a better chance of kuda coming where's kuda he's not coming edie i phoned to let him know not to be late frank the doorman answered he said, Kuda's gone to Paris, and he'll call you when he gets back. He didn't even have the nerve to call me himself. What a wad. <laughs> Why do we let them do this to us? But apparently Kuda has decided to fly to Paris. With his doorman. He's his fucking Dr. Gonzo. <laughs> As your doorman, I have to insist that you're in a very fast convertible. <laughs> this is the American dream in action. I mean, are we supposed to just sit here and wait till he comes back from Paris? Well, we're not. We're going out tonight. I got us dates. Dates? <laughs> they go to a restaurant they go to dinner with two pigs let's just say it two male chauvinist pigs they're awful and their crotch is out towards jerry at the table on either side of her yeah they got her in the pincher <laughs> she has lost battle priority don't you think you should pay some attention to edie me i think since mark is her escort he should have to talk to her. me uh, you're sitting next to her this is ridiculous cubby you're her date wow it was hard to watch it was it was truly hard to watch such a classic fucking 80s scene too two two dickheads who think they're so hot and they got nothing they got no riz as the children say and i don't i still i don't see what the problem is with edie i think she looks very nice no idea <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, get this. Dad tells me, Debbie John or not, she's a harlot. So he ships me off to Harvard. I come back, and she's my mother. (laughs) (laughs) But then, then the waiter shows up. Have we decided? I can't decide between the beef wellington and the tiger prongs. The tiger prongs. Here? Oh, definitely. Very good, madam. And you? <laughs> and I don't know if you guys were fucking. This fucking blew your mind, but it was the fucking guy that, that, that plays the chief in the Terminator. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why do we always have the B the B actors from the Terminator <laughs> on, on this show? We we had the the security guard from the hospital from Terminator Two as well in one of these. It's true. Well, I think James Cameron just is really good at picking the, these character actors that are they're that guy kind of character, you know. James Cameron is just good at everything. Go see Avatar: Way of Water. Is it is it good? Um, official sponsor i have no idea I oh okay I, I don't watch movies in the i can't theater. yeah I, I can't watch a movie that's you know three hours long in the theater no yeah. no, no absolutely not at all no they don't let you smoke cigarettes in there so there's not a chance of me sitting through a whole three hour fucking movie do they give you 3d glasses when you go in there I, they it is in 3d now which why the fuck is 3d back? 3d glasses as someone who wears glasses is just not appealing yeah i'm not gonna do that yeah it sucks but Earl Bone, though, this man has 290 roles to his name. Jesus Christ, that's Seymour Cassell level. He was working from 1974 to 2017, and he he just recently died. But, wow, what a great working actor. R.I.P. to a real one. <laughs> Brad Palmer from the Vineyard. He's having a birthday party tonight at the Palladium. Yes, that's right. You know, Cher and Kurt Russell and that Miami Vice guy. Um, Don Johnson? Yes, that's him. Well, <laughs> they're all going to be there. Why don't the three of us go over together? There's four of us. Oh, well, if it'll make you happy, you can bring your little friend, too, okay? Oh, yes. No. There's no need to play this game any longer. Edie, go ahead. Tell them what you've been too kind to say. Whose car are we going in? <laughs> Wouldn't Jerry Hall have the invite to yeah. that? Couldn't she just show up to that fucking party without those mm. guys? She didn't need those. It's true. Yeah, who the fuck are these jabronis? You know, she's a supermodel. She showed up at that party. Oh, yeah. 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 Walk in. Hogwash. Hogwash. This whole we fucking got hogwash. show terrible. With the possible exception of Kuda Johnson, you two are the most insensitive, surface, conceited excuses for men I've ever come across. Oh, really? Buck, let's get out of here. Maybe your new mom has a couple of friends. <laughs> Jerry Hall tells the dates off, and they, they storm off. I've got this photo session coming up in London in a couple of weeks. And I'd sure like to have someone around I can trust and, well, have fun with. You know, like a gal Friday. You want me to go to London with you? London, England, home of the Beatles? <laughs> it's not much of a job. Swings like a pendulum do? <laughs> kind of like a personal secretary. Maris, you don't need a girl Friday. What you want is a friend. It's not a job being your friend. I'd love to do that. Thanks, Edie. Do you think you could help me find a personal secretary? I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be great at this. I know I am. And this was so. This was just the stupidest fucking thing. I do not understand how this sitcom is gonna work. It's she's just her secretary. They're, she pays her to be her friend, and that's the show. She's a vi- <laughs> she's she's cast as a viper. I'm gonna fuck your boyfriend, <laughs> and I'll be your friend if you pay for me. It, you know, she's supposed to be the one that's likable. Yeah, if this had been made into a show, we would now be getting listicles and Buzzfeed going. Actually, Edie was not the hero of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Eight, eight times, Edie was the villain on She's With Me. Then Edie goes to the bathroom, and this guy pops up out of nowhere. Listen, Wayne and I are out celebrating, being named two of the city's most eligible bachelors. Of course, we have no dates. Some buffoon. Yeah, some buffoon pays for their check and invites Jerry Hall to go out dancing and says, Wayne really likes your friend. <laughs> yeah, let me ask her. 
there. And they show Wayne. Is this supposed to be a celebrity? Is that Wayne Gretzky? Who is this? He looks like a fucking Baldwin brittle. Yeah, he does. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Wayne Baldwin. <laughs> He's wiping sauce off his shirt. Hey, I got, sp- I got the spaghetti on my shirt. I did not get this joke at all, who Wayne is supposed to be. I think the joke is supposed to be, oh, we have this fucking slob who will gonna stick with Edie. <laughs> oh, here's, here's Wayne, my doorman. He has Redville Phoenix's blood still on his hands. Yeah. I think Wayne's pretty handsome. <laughs> but hold on, Wayne... Wayne was named one of the two most eligible bachelors in the city. Then why is he the slob? Wayne and the Edsel dude became friends in, this, in a similar way as Edie oh, and no. Wetzelface. He, yeah, he was just like going the, to the dill to dill selling makeup, and then he came mm. on to this rich guy, and he's like, "Hey, you want to be my friend?" And <laughs> the, the two pilots merged. It, it, it would just be called. He's my buddy. He's he's with me. <laughs> That's my Wayne. <laughs> Hey, hey, that Wayne's mine. I mean, it works. That's my Wayne. See him there, he's got sauce all over his shirt. That's my Wayne. Is is Wayne a common Italian piece? Can't complain. It's me and Wayne. And we're best friends on the town. Just two eligible bachelors. Spaghetti boys. Spaghetti boys. <laughs> that's that's my Wayne. That's my Wayne. Wayne Spaghetti. That's my Wayne was filmed in front of a live studio audience. At Olive Gelden. <laughs> oh my god. That's my Wayne was filmed in front of a live studio Olive Garden. Listen, Edie, you wanna go dancing? You and me? Well, it's your reputation. No, these two guys, they're real. Yes. Great. <laughs> You know, thanks to you, good things are finally starting to happen to me. As of tonight, I really think my life is going to change. And as she walks out of the restaurant, Art and Art, uh, Jerry Hall, she has a uh, toilet paper tied to her foot. Okay. Uh, she literally tied it around her ankle. Uh, and there's a guy looking down at the toilet paper. <laughs> I mean, just put a foot out, man. Cut it. Yeah, just help a lady out. You could tell this show has no guts because that that teepee is not brown. Yeah. It, sh- it should be. Look, man. Oh, my God. It's the worst joke. I've never understood the fucking joke. The toilet paper joke? What is the joke of someone walking out of a fucking bathroom with fucking toilet paper stuck to their foot? It was pretty funny when Trump did it. Only scumbags do it. <laughs> Only scumbags Only do scumbags it, yeah. use toilet paper. <laughs> Real patriotic Americans use the three shells. He doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> what is this, 20 meters of toilet paper? Christ, Andrew hasn't promoted bidets yet. Hey, you're a bidet boy, too? We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Well, let's get to bidets. We'll get uh, We'll get to it. We'll get. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Well, oh, are we going to get to it? Are we going to get to it? Okay. Okay. And that is Cheese With Me. Welcome to the bidet corner. Okay. So Andrew, what what kind of bidet you got? Well, I do not have one of those oh. those automatic ones. Oh, okay, I got okay. one that you got to use your hand. Okay, it, it's a hose basically, right. and it's full power, baby. I mean, <laughs> I love I, it. I've got blisters, but they don't stink. Let me ask you: when you They're... when you spray it, does it not just send shit all around the bathroom? No, no what's going no, no. on? You have to. There's yeah. finesse. There's a learning process, Max. So mine actually nails my asshole directly every single time mm. and i don't know how it's even possible because mm. i have a tiny little asshole at that point are you not just shooting the poop back into you mm. i mean i'm okay with that i'd rather have it back into me than onto my underwear yeah. mm-hmm. here's the thing i am a vigorous wiper same here mm. 
Okay. Same here. Very vigorous. And it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if yep. it's soft. It doesn't matter if it's hard. There are dingleberries that are just going to fly everywhere. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you wear boxers, which I do commonly, I mean, mm-hmm. you will find dingleberries not in the bathroom, but mm. maybe in the kitchen. Yeah, of course. Maybe in the bedroom. Because they're just, their gravity is stronger yeah. than the the ass yep. hairs that, 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 that you know. Preach. So, bidet, yeah, bidet is, 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 is the way to go. It's superior. Uh, also, I don't get dingleberries because despite being probably the hairiest man alive, I have no hair on my ass. I'm a fucking baboon. <laughs> my back looks fucking Chewbacca, and I got nothing on my ass. So can we roll the tape back of when we asked if, if women loved ass? I'm sure they love that ass. Yeah. Do they love a big hairy ass? Do they love a tiny little smooth ass? Do they love a hairy? There, there's no way they love a hairy ass. Women, tell us which asses you in a five-star <laughs> Apple Podcasts review. Yeah, you need to answer. I'd tell you what kind of ass I'm a little hairy ass. But dingleberries all over it, baby. Yum, 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 Ron Levitt and Michael G. Moy, who co-created Married with Children, I imagine after working on this piece of crap pilot, they were ready to do something a little a little more interesting, a little more off the rails. They did have a, a couple of Married with Children style jokes in this. The Did you did you think so? Yeah, I, th- I thought the the blush makes me look a hooker. Mm-hmm. That was very Married with Children. And then the maybe your new mom has some friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a great it was a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> Your new mom. They eventually became the MILF Hunter and Captain Stabbin re- respectively. <laughs> yeah, I've been rewatching Married with Children, which when I was a kid I did not care for the show. The intro is just st- it's still really depressing to me. That footage of Chicago. Yeah, it, it, it oh, it was on every single night in the 90s. It was on every single night. But rewatching it now, it is it's, it is probably uh, a top 5 funniest fucking sitcom I have ever seen. I love it. Me too. It's a classic. Yeah. Ed, o- Ed O'Neill is Ed O'Neill is one of the greatest comic actors of all time and he has this ability yeah. of making himself look more deranged <laughs> than anyone anyone else in fucking Hollywood at a moment's notice. Ed, Ed O'Neill in Wayne's World is, mm-hmm. is yes. quite a, mm-hmm. quite a light. I'd never done a crazy thing in my life before that night. Why is it if a man kills another man in battle it's called heroic? Yet if he kills a man in the heat of passion called murder hello what do you think you're doing you ever stabbed a man in the dead of winter time watch the steam rise up from the wound <laughs> yeah. correct me if i'm wrong but i remember reading an interview or something with some of the writers of of married with children and they were always in trouble with the the press or the you know, pc or whatever because it was people saw it as misogynistic or whatever but they pointed out they, they had a pretty high level of of women directors and and writers on yeah. staff Higher than was normal at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yes. A woman directed most of the episodes of Married with Children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, if you think about it, the main thing of the show is men are stupid. Yeah. Men are dumb. They love to shit and read the paper and reminisce about their fucking glory days playing high school sports. Dude, that one episode. I see you say that, and I, I have the one episode where they recreate. His knee not touching the ground in the shoe store. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing. I episode. think when you're when you're doing something that's so lowbrow, everybody expects it to be dumb. 
but actually the writing is really tight and brilliant. It catches you off guard. It's it, I think it's smart writing, right? Uh, as opposed to intentional messaging. Weirdly, Fo- you know, Fox is such a conservative company. Yeah. But at the time, Married with Children and then The Simpsons. Edgy for the time. That first couple of years of Fox, the stuff that they were putting on was wild. I was never allowed to watch it as a kid. It was the show that my mother would bring up that Married with Children, you can't watch it. Yeah, we weren't. I wasn't allowed to watch it either, but we we would get babysat with my, my grandparents and we'd watch it over. Oh, yeah. Classic. It was on two or three episodes a night, every single night. They, they played three or four in a row, you know? Yeah. They did. It was always on. How much did Ed O'Neill make off that show? Well, here's the thing. By the end of it, it was costing a million dollars per episode to produce. which you, That's an insane amount for the 90s. I, I have to imagine it's because of the cast. He made $500,000 a it's, fucking episode. He, he earned it. I, he definitely did. Jesus Christ. I also learned it was based on a radio show called The Bickersons. The Bicker... I, that sounds very familiar. From the 50s or the 40s or something. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bickersons. My shirt is all wet. I hope it's blood. Get up off your knees and stop licking the floor. Oh, my dad made me listen to this one time. He's a big old-timey radio guy, despite the fact that he's only 60 fucking years old. <laughs> I, I love old-timey stuff. <laughs> All right, well, is there anything else we need to say about She's With Me? Watch Married With Children. Don't watch She's With Me. Read Excrement Mountain. Yes. Yeah. Check out the Ghoulish Bookstore if you're ever in Texas. I know we got some Texas listener. And we need to have you guys back. <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely going to have you guys back to do Microcops. Microcops. Hell yeah. God, it's my fucking fault. Yeah. I'm sorry. This might also be my fault for... Uh, being the go-between yeah there is a series of go-between yeah i'm gonna start i'm gonna start group texts for this shit are you sure are you sure that's the one you want to do yeah. yeah it was it was me and andrew communicating and then max and Stuart getting secondhand information a game of purple monkey dishwasher <laughs> So much for joining us on this thought-provoking debate about failed television writing. Did you like that? Did you? Well, I've got great news for you. There's plenty more where that came from, but go check out Piloting Air wherever you get your podcasts. And join in on the fun at Piloting Air on Twitter, at Piloting Air Podcast on Instagram. And hey... If you've come across a crazy failed pilot you'd like us to cover, or if you'd just like to tell us what a bad job we're doing, email us over at pilotingair at gmail.com. We are a bridge burner collective but When I was governor of Minnesota, I asked the president of the United States, George W. Bush, Hey, how come we haven't released any of the secret documents the CIA has on aliens?